Hi, Paul. Mr. Schulte, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How's everything? Uh, things are well. Things are well. Things are better than the crypto market, Mr. Schulte. Things yeah, are much indeed, better, indeed. Much better than the crypto market. Now, I know you've got some got some thoughts on this. Uh, you know, I think we both have a lot of thoughts on this, but I know you, you put something out with two clients earlier today. Why don't you walk us through your thinking on that? In one sentence, in one market, you have a a really big problem, which is much different than a stock market crash, because when stock markets crash, utilities go up. Low beta stuff outperforms by a million miles, right? Stocks are thrown out of indices when they blow up, and then other stocks are put in. And so indices are designed to go up. In the crypto market, what we had happen in the last couple of weeks is, in one sentence, everybody was leveraged long, nobody was short, and they all own the same things. And tragically, the the beta of all of these instruments is almost identical to WIT. Everything went down around 60 to 80 to, to 90 percent. Nothing went up. There was no way to hedge your, your bets. And so this is a year to date. Bitcoin minus 58, Ethereum 72, Aave 82, Axie 86, Avalanche 85, Terra and Luna 99, and Solana 82. There was no way to hedge. And so you have these guys like, uh, well, all over the place, right? So Celsius and you got our friends in Free Arrows Capital in Singapore who all owned all of these instruments all at the same time in leveraged fashion. And so there was no way to go, right? So you had a cascading, it's like a virus, right? It's highly contagious. There was no way to contain it. And so so this is what's been happening. And so, so our two friends in Singapore from Three Arrows probably smartly escaped to Dubai in May because I believe they would have been, by now, by now, by today, they would have been detained by the Singapore government and their passports would have been taken away. So they're in Dubai hanging out. And it and, and it's very hard to track down what the leveraged balance sheet looks like, but it could be as high as, I'm going to say, $15 billion. And we're looking at numbers that are maybe up to three times leverage. Now, as you and I both know, right, if, you're, if your assets go down by half, right, standing still, your leverage doubles, right? Your, right your, your leverage just goes up exponentially because of that numerator-denominator effect between debt-to-assets or debt-to-equity. So your debt-to-equity explodes up by multiples, and then your debt to assets goes up, it's arithmetic, and your debt to equity goes up, it's geometric. So this is what's happening, right? People are saying, well, you know, they're going to be able to liquidate these positions. What you're hearing today is that some of these large players like Binance are going to come in. And that's what I suggested. I was asked by one of the authorities what they should do last night. And I said, it's long-term capital management. In 1998, the huge leveraged fixed income fund that blew up and caused a lot of damage in 1998 during the Asian crisis and the Russian default, get everybody in a room, lock the door, and say, nobody's coming out of that room until you guys find a solution to recapitalize. Yeah, and I think- That's what's going to happen. And I think what you've got there, mate, and again, I I go back and forth in terms of the systemic nature of this. I think the 98 analogy is a good one where you've got to put the 
all the major players in this, whether it's the the Mike Novogratzes of the world, the the Winklevoss twins, the Peter Teals of the world, these sort of things, and maybe they they need to play a role in terms of the the the, the bad developing almost the bad bank structure where the good has to own the bad. I go back and forth in the whole notion of something systemic here. I go from benign neglect where it's just a function of uber rich people getting less uber rich, right? to the other side of the spectrum where I think that there is some borderline criminality in regards to the ways that the likes of Michael Saylor, who I have my disgust of his behaviour has no boundaries, how how he encouraged 20 to 25-year-old men to max out their credit cards to get max long long crypto into, into assets, which as you've just, as you've alluded to, had no diversification at all. It was either high beta or extremely high beta and there was nothing in, and there was nothing in the middle, right? And, you know, you've seen, and again, we don't, I don't have evidence of this, but the anecdotals stand out, hundreds if not thousands of young men who are effectively facing bankruptcy now because they, they, they were sucked into the hype that these things were bulletproof. Yeah. It's a great analogy to look at Luna, for example. If there's a 20% yield on something and you don't know where the yield comes from, you are the yield. I go back and forth on this. You talk about leverage. Is there anything systemic in this? Or is this a combination of uber-rich people getting less uber-rich and the unfortunate side effects of of young those who are young who are being sucked in by the hype who unfortunately are paying the price now? I think there are quite a lot of young people who were had were playing with all of this crypto stuff on their cell phone wallets because I, I would see people doing it. I would I just be going out randomly to coffees. And of course, I'm a looky-loo. I like to look around and see what's going on. And, you know, everyone's, everyone's trading their crypto. I think there was millions of people involved in this. And what makes me concerned that it is a systemic problem is, in the, I believe in the case of Celsius, Paul, there are four states are investigating Celsius right now. So we're talking, I believe it would be through either the regulator or the U.S. attorney or through their state law enforcement. Now, what really bothered me today was I saw that I saw that word you just talked about, th- these really lovely yields that you were getting. Well, Celsius was offering these things called aggregators. And I, I like, oh, my God, I thought we would never have to hear that word ever again. Well, that's the Lehman Brothers mini bonds. Right. We learned in Hong Kong and I was at Lehman Brothers. I didn't know what a mini. I was I was in equity. I was not in fixed income. So I, I didn't know what was going on. These were being sold to retail players. And of course, mini bonds were high yield. We're getting a whole like 200 extra basis points, but they were leveraged. Anything that's leveraged on a fixed income basis, if the price goes down 10 points, 15 points, poof, right? That's the nature of leverage. You're gone. Your equity is wiped out. And so I think a lot of these aggregators have been wiped out. And I, I think we don't, so we're not talking about an absolute amount of, of assets here. We're talking about leveraged assets. And I think that if these products were sold and people were not told about the leveraged nature of these fixed income instruments, and these were not regulated, this is really bad. Don't forget, the, the, the protests in Hong Kong went on for two years, and the government finally had to give in and pay people whole because people were protesting for two years trying to get their money back. This was from what, very from, unstable. From, from what? Sorry, from what? Oh, the Lehman Brothers mini bonds. Oh, right, got it. Yeah, 
in, yeah. in Hong Kong, in, in Hong Kong, there was two years of protests in Hong Kong in front of Exchange Square. Um, and, and so aggregators are super, super radioactive toxic. And this is also spreading to a couple of the banks. There's a couple of banks out there that are also problematic, especially because on the asset side, they were funding themselves through crypto deposits. And then, of course, on the liability side, they were the ones lending to these institutions to create the leverage. So can we call them banks? Do they have are these institutions? Do they have banking license or they just had big? Yes, 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 yes. Silvergate is licensed FDIC and they were lending money to MicroStrategy. It's hard to track these down because it's very opaque. And of course, all these other companies are private. Some of these institutions, there's a couple of banks on the, in the East Coast. They were basically funding themselves as, as licensed entities with crypto deposits. And so in both cases, your equities and your assets go down and you're in danger of certainly of an illiquidity event, and, but you're also putting yourself in danger of a solvency event as a financial institution. So I think that, I think the Singapore, I was asked today by one client, I think the Singapore banks were probably not involved in what was going on with Three Arrows when they were operating out of Singapore. That's my, that's my sense. I doubt, the, I doubt the MAS would ever allow any of them involved in this sort of stuff. Because Yeah, yeah I, I think that's right. I think that's right. And, and I'm also, I think also the MAS is really fur- furious for not being more on top of this whole thing. But this guy, Mohanty, who, who is the, the MAS fintech guru dude, he's a lovely guy. I, I know him well. He's a very lovely man. He was leaving some country in Africa on the plane, and he sent out a tweet on Sunday night. And he said, look at, you know, hey, baby, it's caveat emptor. The government's not getting involved. So, so as of Sunday night, we're like, you bought it, you own it. You break it, you own it. And so Singapore is taking something of a hands-off attitude. I know from living in Singapore, that's what they're going to say in public. In private, they are going to get their pound of flesh. They're going to go after these people, for sure. Oh, no, 100%. no doubt. So, so Paul, when, let's look at the next two steps, right? So the next two steps are how much worse does this get and what does that worse look like? And then secondly, when the dust settles, where is the crypto blockchain industry when the dust settles? Well, I think I sent you this hilarious article, completely hilarious. It was today, and it was by our man at MicroStrategy who said, oh, my God, like out of Casablanca, there's gambling going on in this institution. Good Lord. He said, there's really bad things going on in crypto. We need regulation. Jeez. And he said that today. And so it just is like, come on, for God's sakes. Thank you, Captain Renault from Casablanca. So I think, like, by the way, I'm sure, Mr. Saylor, because this is a common thing that comes out, when things are going really bad, people bring out log charts. Log charts are the log chart, like bit the, all the people I like yeah. crypto space are all bringing out log charts telling you it's not that bad if you look at this on a log chart basis. No, exactly. Everyone brought out the charts in 1997 when, when the markets were crashing. Well, you know, we've done really well in a long chart basis. The stock yeah. price is doing really well. No, we've been through 187,543 of these things, Paul. So, But I would say, talking to clients who are very plugged into this, I think what's happening, I think that people like MicroStrategy, I think they're going to be prudent internally, and they're going to start selling. I think, I think they're going to have to from the point of view of their own risk. So they're going to be prone to selling. 
I think that nobody, nobody is going to lend a nickel to any of these guys, right? That window is glued shut. And so that means that standing still now, we need to have these crypto prices stabilized or uh, all of these companies will go bankrupt, all of them. And so how do you do that? How do you stabilize prices? You have to get everybody into a room and make an agreement and, and tell them you're not coming out until you have an agreement. And B, if you come out of there without an agreement, we will tell every regulator on earth to go after you because that's what they told everybody at LTCM when they went in that room. Find a solution, recapitalize LTCM. The one bank who did not recapitalize LTCM, Lehman Brothers. Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns. Stearns. And they were obviously the two institutions which pissed the Fed off no end because they wouldn't get involved in LTCM. And ironically, they were the ones that were left out to, hung out to dry in 08, which proves that the Fed had very, very long memories back back then. Amen. I think that's right. I think that's right. And so when the magical calls went from the Department of the Treasury and the Fed to that Friday afternoon to Jamie Dimon at JP Morgan saying, we don't actually have a problem if you cut off the $5 billion line of credit to Lehman Brothers at six o'clock tonight. Yeah, we're good. We're good. (laughs) You have to stop the bleeding. You have to staunch the wound. And so you're going to have to throw liquidity at it. And there is not a government on earth who has the interest, the inclination, or the political will to do anything. So it's going to have to come from the FXT, all these characters. Now, I threw this idea around to a couple of clients today, Paul, and the answer that I got back was, and again, we're we're like, people are trying to fix the plane while we're in the air. The numbers are starting to get really big because Celsius plus three arrows alone, you're looking at, it could be 15, $18 billion. That's a lot of leverage. That's levered and that's done. That's basically right. We can almost write that off today. Well, I mean, if the numbers are see how it's about. Let's put it that way. Very difficult. Very difficult. Because if you're talking about a 50% drop, right, your leverage has just doubled just standing still, right? So, so your leverage has doubled uh, right, right in front of your eyes without even doing anything in like two weeks. And so, so all of these covenants have been blown to smithereens. The, the 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 margin calls are are are, are aggravating the problem. That there's no broker dealer system, right? There's well, no the licensed broker dealer system. And the scary thing, mate, is in there are and there there are organisations that have been allowing you, you, you could buy puts on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the like. But the trouble is, the only way you get paid out of those is accepting the credit risk of the counterparty, and that is the, obviously the biggest part of all of this. Just because you own puts doesn't mean you'll get paid if, the, if, if Bitcoin goes to 10000 right? Because there's the credit quality of the underlying counterparty on the other side. And that creates a level of instability, which is, I think, yeah. under, certainly, under, certainly underestimated. And also, when, you, when they're not taking phone calls, as Three Arrows was not, that's even harder to get a hold of them. They're not answering their phones at the moment. So this is a problem. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think when you think about systemic risk, answering the phone is probably a prerequisite to helping the, the cleansing <laughs> process, right? <laughs> I wish I was, I wish I was making this up. I wish I was making it up. They're All not right. So, yeah. and not, I'm not being too flippant here. On mass bankruptcies in the space, I think, I mean, I think I'm, I'm with you on that. But when, when the dust settles, right? Let, and let's assume that there is some sort of, some sort of bailout by 
by some of the bigger, more institutional players out there. Where does this leave blockchain? Where does this leave blockchain? And where does this leave sort of the major coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solano? Where does where does it where does it leave the ecosystem when the dust settles? Well, and, and looking at all of these things over the decades, Asia came back, the credit markets came back after 2008, Asia roared. Everyone thought Asia was going to have a lost decade. Remember that? Everyone was saying in 1999, oh boy, just leave Hong Kong, come back in, in 2010, and, and it might be better. Well, that was really stupid, idiotic, bad advice because the markets went up 100%, you know, in 19, by 2000. Yeah. And guess what? If you bought the bottom in NASDAQ in 2003, I had a top managing director of Bankers Trust at the time who, who went to Deutsche Bank said, Paul, believe me, NASDAQ is going to take 10, 15 years to get back to the old highs from, from, from 1999. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? It didn't take 15 years. It, it happened pretty quickly. So never count these markets out of action. To me, it's always the same, always the same, always the same. The bottom of the market is when you have a big major bankruptcy and you, you, people go into Chapter 11 and you wipe it out. The bottom of the market was Lehman Brothers bankruptcy. That was the bottom of the market, mm. right? Well, no, the equity, U.S. equity market didn't bottom until didn't bottom until March, right? So you obviously because I because I know the Lehman bankruptcy they went bankrupt on my birthday, so I know I know the day very well. Credit so, surge, so, credit so, uh, was okay. its minus Yeah, credit bounced extremely hard right yeah. at the next week, right? Yeah. And, and equities took a little bit, but 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 if you picked up equities at that time, a lot of the stocks have already begun to bottom out by September October. Right, mm-hmm. the, the 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 indices didn't get back up, and the banks were all bottoming out. Goldman Sachs like doubled by the end of the year, right? When you hear this is as easy as shooting fish in a barrel, get out of the way, run in the other direction and sell everything. When everyone's saying this is going to take 10 years to get back to normal, buy everything, right? And so so I have been saying today, I just think we need to have a very large cleansing event. I think we know who the candidates are. It sounds like based upon what Three Arrows owns and owned and Celsius also, um, it sounds like, and, and and the potential leverage levels and the size, it does sound that these are potential candidates. Although, again, they're unregulated, so tracking down the leverage levels is very, very difficult. So you could make a case for three arrows to be two times levered, and you could make a case for it to be five times levered because we just don't have enough information. And when you have a company gating, when you start gating, you're dead, right? You, you won't get trusted for, it'll take five years for you to get trusted again. It won't, you're not gone, but it will take a long time before people trust you ever again. I think we need a large bankruptcy event before we reach bottom, and that's going to be a big cleansing event. And I don't think we're there yet. And there's nowhere to hide, right? Because obviously, the more secure, the more stable of all of these, not bad choice of words, the more secure types of these, the bitcoins, Ethereum, they're, they're, they're obviously a lower beta off a lower beta than some of the other the other coins that you mentioned. There's no diversification in this space. There is no diversification in this in this space at all, and that's the and that's the whole problem with the whole algorithmic stablecoins, right? Because there is no offset, right? If, if anything, it's just leverage upon. Sorry, it's 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 sort of not it's leverage upon leverage effectively, right? So if you're if you've got an asset that is cor- effectively correlated to one, and you have to sell that asset because the price of another asset is going down, that just feeds on itself, right? And hence the, the instability of the stable coins, particularly the algorithmic stable coins. 
Uh, indeed, 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 indeed. And I would also say that if we're looking at these characters, two things I've, I have discovered in the last 24 hours. One, I'm, I'm so dumbfounded by how immense the leverage was. People just were not aware of this. And of course, this is what we discovered in 2007 when you had this immensity of leverage in Merrill Lynch's balance sheet and Lehman Brothers' balance sheet, right? And then in 1998, long-term capital management balance sheet was hugely leveraged, like I think 30 times. And, and the second thing is, I have to tell you something that really bothered me yesterday. I was at the university. I just lived near the university here, and I was just at the university, and I was talking to a couple of the students, and one of them said, oh, yeah, I've got my wallet my crypto wallet on, on my phone. And he, he would have been like 20 or 21 or something, senior. The other guy was probably also a senior. And I said, what are you going to do with that? And we were just chatting away in Spanish. And he said, oh, I'm just going to keep adding to it. Of course, I'm going to keep adding to it. I have total confidence this thing is going to come around. I said, how much have you lost? He said, I've lost more than half. I said, don't you want to like take some losses and, and regroup? And he said, no, I'm going to keep adding to it. And so, so I, I don't see a high degree of like, fear and paranoia and despair yet. I don't see it yet. Well, it sounds like someone who's not levered though either. And, and look, again, that, that's the, that, again, if there's the root of any, the core, the root of this conversation is about the perils of leverage, right? Because again, that kid doesn't sound like he's got leverage pressures on the other side of this. If he's, if he's buying, if he's adding through, through cash and cash alone, now that's okay, right? You can be convicted, right? But at the end of the day, the problems, the systemic nature of this comes from the leverage. It doesn't necessarily come from the fact that something is down 50%. But through the history of Amazon in the last 25 years, there have been multiple occasions where Amazon's fallen by 50%, right? If you're levered, it's a problem. If you're not levered, it's less of a problem. Correct. And that is exactly why the NASDAQ crash of 2001 wasn't, just wasn't that bad, because there's no leverage in NASDAQ. Yep. In crypto land, that is where the leverage is in this crisis right now. Right. In, in 2008, it was leverage in the real estate market. In 1998 in Asia, it was, real, it was leverage in the real, estate, the real estate market. In Russia, it was, it was corruption and leverage Right in, in, in the domestic banking system, which everybody stole everything. And this time around, the leverage is not in NASDAQ. The leverage, I believe strongly, is not in the S&P 500. The leverage is in a subsection of crypto. And I have clients with 35 years experience saying this is systemic. And I have a couple of clients saying it's not systemic. And so I've heard very good arguments at the last 24 hours. I think it's a much bigger problem than people think because it's global. It's leveraged. It's everything had, had the same beta. And nobody was short. No, I think that's right. I mean, I'm less bearish than you are because I think it's a rich, it's an uber rich person getting people getting uber rich. And what I've had some, exa- you know, I think there are some certainly some hedge funds that are exposed to crypto that have had some issues in the last in the last few months. And I think that that is there. I don't know if it's systemic as as it's certainly not a systemic banking system problem. Put it that way. So I don't know if you're going to have flow on. I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I think I agree. I agree. I agree. How does your week look? What, what are you up to this week? Well, I'm going to keep on following this and, and try to get to the bottom of, of what we see in terms of systemic risk. I'm just doing some work on three banks right now that are that are licensed FDIC insured banks and looking at that. People are, are really digging deep in, into Silver Silvergate. 
I think the private equity windows closed, the leverage window was closed. So, so I think what we have now is really quantifying the leverage, which I think is going to be done by Friday. And I, I wonder what the MAS is thinking. I think the MAS in Singapore is going to have to intervene and start calling people in and saying, you better tell us everything that's going on here and how, exactly how much leverage, which banks are exposed, which banks are vulnerable, and which Singapore institutions are, are problematic for these two characters. So kids and, and listeners out there, a little, little bit of advice from the polls, don't mess with the MAS. Amen. Rules to, rule to live by. Mr. Schulte, have a wonderful yeah. week. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, dokie. Bye.